Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life. You know, it's a privilege to share this hour with you as together our spiritual with our spiritual directors, we seek to deepen our relationship with the Lord Jesus. My name is Patrick Conley. I'm sitting in for Josh Raymond all this week, and again, it is a privilege. Thank you for tuning in and listening in and perhaps calling in as today we're talking about Repentance. Repentance. Everybody's favorite topic, right? Well, look at it this way. Have you ever changed your mind about something? Maybe growing up you didn't eat Brussels sprouts and now you can't get enough of them. It would be more broccoli for me than it would be Brussels sprouts. I still don't care for those. Uh, But perhaps you didn't understand, I don't know, the Beatles, right? And now you listen to Abbey Road all the time. Well, more significantly, there might be a sin that you used to commit frequently, but you changed course and you grew in virtue. What promoted that change? What fostered that repentance within you? All right, so uh, leading our leading our discussion and giving us some knowledge, wisdom, and counsel around our topic today is Father Michael Hurley, OP. He is a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California. He was ordained in 2007 and served in parishes on the West Coast. He has served as pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco since 2013. Father, welcome to the program. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? (laughs) Very good. I'm ready to change my mind. (laughs) <laughs> change your mind all right excellent about anything in particular or should we get into no, that no, later? I, I, we, can, we, we can get into there's a there's a, there's a whole list yes i well <laughs> you and me both father you and me both well let's start uh let's start with that just a basic definition you know repentance is a word we hear over and over and over again we see it of course in the scriptures repent and believe uh we we see it and uh we Maybe maybe it's one of those things that just we see it so often it just becomes too familiar. We forget the depth of it. So why don't we start out just give us a definition of repentance. Sure. Yeah, no, I re- at its most basic element, repentance is simply the act of regretting or showing remorse for something that we've done and and then changing our mind. So it's a way of you know acting in a way that we know spiritually or even uh, physically harms us and changing direction and going in another way. So that's repentance, basically turning around or turning toward another good uh, in, in our lives. Yeah, excellent. And now, uh, sometimes that fancy word metanoia is used uh, in, in reference to repentance. Can you give us a little insight into that word as well? Sure. Yeah. No. It's it's it is a fancy word as 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 it's kind of Greek to me. But the uh, ah, very the, nice. uh, the the uh, the 
the, the idea is uh, the word meta means kind of beyond or above, and uh, nous or noia comes from the word for mind. So it really is mm-hmm. uh, to kind of change one's mind or, or to kind of uh, be uh, think beyond our current thought. In other words, we're thinking one way, and we want to kind of transcend or go above that and get a broader perspective, which causes us to kind of turn around and change one's mind. And, and, and I agree in terms of repentance that there's, an, or metanoia changing our mind. We, we, you know, we were obviously on <laughs> the spiritual life today, so we're going to immediately try to apply that to our spiritual life. But I right. think just think in our daily life, we, as, as you say, Brussels sprouts or broccoli or food. Um, I, I almost think you, you could ask me, you know, just like, have you ever had a food conversion? You know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. that kind of thing. And, and as human beings, it's been shown statistically all kinds of studies. I won't get into all these things. I find this kind of stuff fascinating. But, but we change our minds just in daily life far less frequently than we estimate. We, we, we have this idea that we're totally open to wherever the truth might take us, but when mm-hmm. it comes to even daily decisions on what, what we choose at the store or how we buy things or how we interact with you, our minds are pretty much more or less made up. We consistently choose. We're creatures of habit. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but, but it affects our spiritual life if we don't recognize the kind of effort it really takes to change our minds about anything, let alone the most important things in our lives. Yeah, that's a really good point, Father. In fact, it struck me a lot recently, especially in the in the uh, last presidential campaign or any political realm, you hardly ever hear anybody saying anymore, well, you know, I've changed my mind on that issue. That's That spells political death to a candidate, you know, and, and uh, it's almost as if we Maybe as a society, we don't even, it's not that we just don't do it very often, but we don't even accept it in others. Is, do you think that yeah. may be the case? Absolutely. Sometimes it's very helpful whenever I'm in a disagreement with someone or I'm, I'm thinking that sometimes I ask myself, what would it take for me to change my mind? Is it even possible, you know, kind of just to yeah. put the, <laughs> put my, consider the situation from the other side and say, okay, let me try to understand what would it even take for me <laughs> to approach the other side of the coin here? Or if someone's really coming at me and they're feeling very passionate, I'll just ask them, you know, I- I'm not saying you're wrong about this, but what would it take for you to even consider <laughs> what I'm saying or this point of view? And just starting there, just the possibility. <laughs> and I think this is, what Jesus, right. this is why Jesus starts out preaching repentance, because before we can actually get to the truth, we have to consider that we're not in that place of truth and right. ask ourselves, what would it even take to even be available and open? <laughs> because that shouldn't be taken for granted. Our, all too frequently, we overestimate our ability to be truly open to finding the truth and not just what we've kind of come to or settled on, or at least have a habit of doing or thinking. Right. You're right. You know, and yeah. I'm thinking, too, that when it comes to a spiritual repentance— you know, sure, that, that that needs to happen in part in the mind. We need to have uh, in, in be enlightened in some way. Uh, we need to uh, have the truth revealed to us in some way. And it may even begin in the mind, but it really needs to be followed through in terms of the will, in terms of the spirit, right? So there's there's more to it than just just a recognition of something, but there's something else that's involved as well. Oh, absolutely. In fact, there's, I would say, different steps for repentance. I like to call it, there's a a little alliteration all under the the letter A, but it it starts with that kind of awareness, right? So we've got to have it in the mind. But then right off the bat, we have to somehow admit it. 
This is why we have, according in our Catholic faith, the wonderful, beautiful sacrament of confession. Because we can admit we're, or we can be aware that we're wrong, but unless we truly admit it, <laughs> speak it out right. loud, literally, <laughs> then we often can just stay in that mental state. And then from there, we have to not just be aware of it and admit it, we actually have to ask for mercy, <laughs> right? We can't right. just say, okay, I know I'm doing wrong. I, hey, I, I've done it wrong. But then we have to then take that next step of asking, ask for mercy to say, Lord, I can't do it on my own. And then we get, and only then can we truly act to really change our heart, our mind, and our behavior. So awareness, admitting, asking, and then acting. And so there's this kind of fourfold progression. You can, there's lots of ways you might think of it, but for me, those are the kind of the steps in my own life that are just kind of helpful. The, the, the fourfold A's for repentance, where we're aware, we admit, we ask, and then we can truly act with God's grace and, and, and from that source of his mercy and love. Love it. Yeah, awareness, admission, asking, and and acting. Wonderful. Wow. All right. Well, I think you've summarized it so well, Father. Let's invite our (laughs) listeners to be part of the conversation as well. So, yeah, so where have you turned? Where have you uh, found that awareness? Where have you admitted that uh, you weren't going down the right path? And where have you asked of the Father for um, the strength of will to do that, and then acting on that will. Give us a call and join the conversation. Our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We'd love to hear your story of repentance and the fruit that it's born in your life. By the way, you can also drop us an email. Our email address is innerlife@relevantradio.com. All right, so... Uh, Father, I, I made reference to seeing repentance throughout the scriptures. Any particular scriptures that come to mind when we're speaking about repentance? For me, uh, Patrick, it's that um, as a religious side, we pray the Psalms, and every Friday we mm. pray the miserere, the David's yeah. basically confession, where he says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your merciful love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. It goes on from there, but, but all those steps I, I, I just laid out are right there in the text, in that beautiful confession of faith where David is aware. He says, My transgressions, truly I know them, my sin is before me, so he's aware of it. And then he admits it. He says, to you have, alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight I have done. So he admits it to God, he says, mm-hmm. and he says, you're just and your judgment's true. And then he asks, he says, let me hear rejoicing and gladness. And then he turns and he says, Lord, create for me a pure heart. Renew that steadfast spirit within me that I might rejoice in the joy of salvation. Sustain in me a willing spirit. And then what will he do? I will teach transgressors your ways that other sinners might return to you. So in other words, part of his own conversion, part of his own repentance is not only the awareness that he did something wrong, not only admitting he did something wrong, not only asking for that sense of God's mercy to create a clean heart, but now he's going to act to help others <laughs> to find that same sense of mercy. Um, yeah. So this is a beautiful, beautiful psalm in every way. Yeah, my my wife and I have the habit of praying uh, morning and evening prayer as well. And I'll tell you, Father, just off of that, I, this Friday I will be uh, I will be looking at Psalm fifty one in a little bit different light now. So thank you for that. I, I like that. Great. Yeah. 
Yeah. So already helping us along the way is Father Michael Hurley, who's from the Archdiocese of San Francisco. He's our spiritual director today on the inner life as we're talking about repentance. Have you ever experienced a deep repentance about something, moving away from something and toward Jesus? Have you have you turned toward the Lord in a significant way, either recently or perhaps further back in your past? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Father, uh, one of the things that I think oftentimes comes up in perhaps the minds of many is that when it comes to repentance, we're kind of on our own. Like God, we know what God expects of us, but we got to get ourselves there. We got to get ourselves to, you know, to turn toward it and everything. And God is just kind of patiently waiting for us to do that, to turn towards him. I don't think that's actually the case, though. So my question to you is, where is God right in the midst of our repentance? Where is he in terms of helping us make that turn? Yeah, I, I, he's there right from the, as, as, as we've all known and experienced, he's right there from the very beginning. <laughs> in other words, even to have the awareness that we're headed down the wrong way is already God's grace. This is something I, I often uh, remind myself of, but particularly in, as my role as a confessor, as, as mm. hearing that literally hours of confession every week. I hear hours of confession here at, at the parish, not because I have parishioners that are such sinners, <laughs> but because God's grace, I think, in terms of the, the preaching and, and that sense of our need for God's mercy is just so um, available in all of our lives. And so when someone is really struggling and, you know, someone comes in and confesses and bears their soul and often feels like they're stuck in one of those steps I mentioned, whether the awareness or admitting or asking or there's there's different uh, vices or sins or frustrations. We get stuck at every step and there's different uh, different ways to kind of combat that. But the first point I always like to make, especially when my, I feel stuck or when someone comes to me and the confession feels stuck in a particular sin, is to simply say, even your awareness <laughs> that you're mm-hmm. stuck, even the, the fact that you know <laughs> that you're, you're, you're not where you want to be or not, that already is a grace because that is forms the principle uh, uh, preaching of Jesus Christ when he says, in the, especially in the Gospel of Mark, that's, he says, repent, right? He says right. the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? So his, yeah. his first preaching, and even John the Baptist, who, who, who precedes him to prepare right. the way, is all about repentance. So even the awareness that we need to repent is something that's not taken for granted. It's not something we can get on our own. It's not as if we, we can have, um, I don't say human instinct towards, oh, we're not doing the right thing. Uh, and there can be a kind of natural way in which we uh, can be aware. But we, we tr- how to put it, it's, we truly don't understand the gravity of our situation if it weren't for God's grace to know that we're eternal beings and the very eternal health of our soul and our body and all of who we are is imperiled by the way we're going, any kind of sin, which is that spiritual harm that we do to ourselves and to others. And so it really takes God's grace to really kind of remove the blinders of, of ignorance. And this is why Jesus says, he, he in, in, in um, the gospel, defines his very mission. Jesus, what are you about? He's going to make a, a kind of, we talk about in different uh, areas of life and, and uh, industries, you know, define your mission, right? What's, what's the purpose? Jesus right. defines his purpose in the gospel in several places as saying, I have come not for those who are healthy, but for the sick. I have called 
who comes to call sinners to repentance. Right. So the fact is, he feels that the call to repentance is that first moment of grace, something we can't do if it wasn't for his preaching, right? He doesn't, he doesn't preach superfluously, right? He tells us, as, as I like to say, Jesus, uh, we're on a need-to-know basis, and so everything revealed in the Gospels is not just Jesus' life, just kind of just in all its details as a kind of biography, but it's, it's what we need to know for our salvation on a need-to-know basis, and the first thing we need to know the first grace we must receive, that first moment of God's presence in our hearts, is simply the awareness that we need <laughs> His forgiveness, and that right. we need something more than just ourselves. So right from the very beginning, even before we think about action, you know, several, several steps even before action and all the rest, simply the awareness is the sign of God's presence and His grace. And so for those who are struggling, and for myself, when I, when I recall that and bring that to mind, I think, you know what, even the awareness is already a sign of God's grace. And if God's begun the process, he's, if He's here with me now, He's not going to let me go. It's not going to continue uh, to, to kind of follow those, those, uh, that, those steps of repentance, confident of His presence in my heart and life. Right, and that fits so perfectly with Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, so while we were not even aware, that's when yeah. Christ died for us. And that's and so his action always precedes ours and, and prompts Absolutely. ours, right? We make that Absolutely. response of faith. Wonderful, Absolutely. wonderful. Well, um, great topic today. We're talking about repentance, about turning away from sin and toward the Lord to repent for the kingdom of God indeed is still at hand and remains at hand here amongst us. Um, and we'd love for you to hear your story, for you to join the conversation, 888 again, 888-914-9149. You know, Father, another, uh, another story from Scripture that, that uh, really starts to embody this for me as, as you're speaking, it's just flashing, screaming in my mind, if you will, mm. is the story, the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, and mm. so you have, you know, yeah. it's it's almost as if the conditions, the circumstances of his life, when he has fled away from his father, taken the inheritance, fled away from his father, uh, the circumstances of his life, the the hunger, the destitution, uh, and and uh, that is what seems to prompt the awareness. Absolutely, and 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 in that story, the the wonderful thing is is that. The even before, uh, I mean, there's lots of wonderful things about the story, but the, the, as you say in that, the, the detail that pops to my mind is the fact, uh, that line where it says, when he comes to that awareness that my father has everything and what am I, what am I doing here, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's eating the husks with the, with the swine. Um, right. And so he, he, he rehearses his little speech. He's, he's there. And it says, while he was still a long way off, right? <laughs> the father right. <laughs> sees him and rushes to him. And so yes. it's it, for the purposes of the story, God is always, God, God is so eager that we become aware. He's so eager that we admit God loves to be asked and God wants nothing more than to act in and through us. And so if, if I present these steps of things we need to do, we need to be aware, we need to admit, we need to ask, we need to act. Uh, no, more, maybe more properly, think if I, if I kind of change my language on this, is that God mm-hmm. is eager for us to be aware. God mm-hmm. gives us the strength to admit it. Uh, God just wants to fill us when we ask. God loves to be asked. He loves to be asked. And finally, he wants to act. So we, you change the subject of all of those actions to the to the uh, to that sense of God doing it and us 
receiving, if you will, the, the, right. that verb in each case. Uh, that's probably a more uh, a more correct formulation of, of what repentance is all about. I love it. I love it. Father Michael Hurley is our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life as we're speaking about repentance. Love for you to join the conversation at 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break before we uh, get back to the phones, but uh, thank you for tuning in here to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley, and we will be back with you right after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I am Patrick Conley, and I am sitting in for Josh Raymond, and we are speaking today here on The Inner Life with uh, Father Michael Hurley, OP, Dominican priest from Pacifica, California, and pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And we are talking today about repentance, and Father has revealed to us the four A's of repentance, awareness, admitting, asking, and then acting. And uh, we were just leaving off talking about the prodigal son. Before we get back to that, though, Father, let's take a phone call. Uh, we've got Maria, who's calling in from Miami. Maria, welcome to The Inner Life. Yes, thank you very much, and welcome to you, Patrick. Thank um, you. I, uh, I, I've been married 48 years, but the first 20 years of the marriage were so uh, miserable and so unhappy, and I always knew that I was going to be divorced. I just didn't know when. Um, I have two sons that are grown men now and, and fathers as well. But at the time, um, one of my sons was in his senior year and the other one was in college. And one, one day my husband patted me on the head and he told me, he goes, I know you're never going to leave because you're a good Catholic girl. And it made me so angry that I got up the courage and I left. And when I left, unfortunately, I got into a relationship uh, with someone that I knew since I was very young. And uh, even though we didn't have an, any intercourse or anything like that, we did kiss and we did hug. When my son became so depressed, the younger one, I decided to go back to the home and I'll be there for him and help him to go through his sorrow and my sorrow as a mother for giving that pain to my son. And I went to confession immediately and I confessed it with sorrow, but I was rushing to go because I knew that I needed to do that. At the same time, the depth of what I did only grew more painfully as the years went by. And I have confessed that sin over and over and over again with such sorrow and such sadness and such shame. And the Lord has blessed me so deeply 
Uh, my husband and I have never been closer. Uh, he's actually opening up a little bit now and starting to allow me to share, and he's hearing what I'm saying. And I just know that only the grace and the love of God and my mother consecrating me to the Blessed Trinity when I was a baby on the altar, I know that that's what has saved me. And I, 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 every day I go to Mass, I go receive the Eucharist, and I just tell Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for all that you suffered carrying my sins. And, and, and I tell, you know, my Heavenly Father, Abba, and the Holy Spirit, that I'm just so grateful and so thankful, and I know that I'm loved. And that's my story. That's my story. I, the pain will be there, I think, till the day I die. Uh, and the sorrow, the shame. Yet I know I'm forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. That was a beautiful story, Maria. Thanks for sharing that with us. Hmm. Yeah. So, Father, what what about that? Um, you know, there's a there's something that Maria said there about uh, you know confessing it over and over again. And I realize that sometimes, although the Lord's forgiveness comes to us, the grace comes to us even the first time that we're we enter the confessional and are truly contrite for our sins. That that you know He offers His forgiveness. But at the same time, sometimes personally, it's hard to receive that forgiveness in a way that, that makes full sense to us. Um, but I'm wondering, too, if we have a tendency to get maybe hung up on one of the steps, and in this case, maybe admitting. Um, we, we, we keep going back. We keep admitting it. Any advice to how we can move, continue to move forward? Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great question, uh, Patrick, and I'm I'm sure Maria. I just it's kind of just what Maria actually did. Such <laughs> a good right. example for us is, yeah. is is not to confuse uh, the emotion of what we've done uh, with the way God wants to act in our lives or uh, continue us to, to ask for His mercy and to act. So, in other words, when we when we're there's the kind of oh we can be stuck on that first awareness when we're blind, but we get stuck even when we're admitting on that second step. And this is often with as you were describing a sense of shame or a kind of worry or a sense of just, I've done something that I can't possibly ever take back or repair. And so I think that the devil wants to get us stuck in that sense of, of regret that paralyzes us in that way. And so how do you move through that? Well, you continue to, as, as Maria was saying, to ask for God's forgiveness. Not that you don't believe you haven't been forgiven, but you ask for the grace to be able to do what? To, to kind of keep um, turning back to the Lord again and again and again. And so mentioning that she's consecrated herself to the Trinity, that she is close to the sacraments in, in the Eucharist, that she even has that sense of um, kind of uh, kind of revitalization or a little bit of a, a, a renewal with her husband, opening up a little bit in, in, in a sense of sharing one's life in, in a deeper way that she went. In other words, to act as if you were forgiven, even if you don't feel that forgiveness, right? Because our emotional life can often be the worst kind of litmus test or the worst sign of the reality of God's presence in our lives. And this, this, this even works within that moment of confession. Sometimes folks will naturally confess emotions or feelings, and I'll, I'll often have to say, 
no, don't confess your feelings. <laughs> We're human. So, you know, you, you feel your pulse, you're going to feel, you know, frustrated or angry or upset. The question is, what do you do with those feelings? And mm. a sense of shame, regret, a kind of worry that, um, in a sense, you've fallen short and can't possibly repair. That's going to be human. That, that's, that's, that's part of what I'd be surprised if you weren't, didn't feel that way. But God always calls us to move beyond the simply that emotional quality, and that can be very difficult, but to ask for that sense, once again, to keep keep going on the steps. In other words, work the steps, so to speak. <laughs> in, yeah. in other words, don't get stuff on a mini, but but continue to ask. And I mean, in that, that miserere psalm that, that we mentioned before, Psalm 51, David asks, you know, 10 different times in that psalm, you know, to for, for forgiveness for that sense of God's mercy in different poetic, beautiful ways. And so we never got, if I'll put it this way, God always loves to be asked. And so we should never tire of continuing to, uh, to ask our Lord to entreat him for exactly what we need. And even if it's very specifically, Lord, this is how I feel. <laughs> Help me not to allow the feelings to be in control. Help me not to let my worry and my shame paralyze me from continuing to rely on you and acting in your grace, turning towards virtue. Right, right. What a wonderful uh, what wonderful story, Maria, that you, you shared with us. Thank you so much for calling in and for being part of the conversation. If you would like to be part of the conversation, if you have a story about how repentance has worked in your own life and how you've seen the fruits of it in your own life, about something, some way that you've encountered the grace and mercy of God that has has led you through these steps that Father has laid out, awareness, admission, asking, and then acting. Give us a call and join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. You know, Father, as I'm, as I'm contemplating this, you mentioned John the Baptist before, and uh, one of his great lines, uh, I can just hear him in his raspy voice, as I imagine it anyway, uh, <laughs> saying, you know, bear fruit that befits repentance. And uh, so that must fall more toward that acting category and, and uh, bearing fruit that befits repentance. What, give us some examples of, uh, in this day and age, how do we bear fruit that befits the repentance, that, that reveals the repentance that is actually going on inside of us? Yeah, certainly. And this is where I think St. Paul helps us out because he talks about those, those fruits of the Spirit, which are the visible signs or the, the, the manifest signs of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and mildness and generosity and self-control, these are those nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, which basically are signs of salvation, because that, that's what, how to put it, salvation is not possible without repentance. And what, in a sense, is the manifestation of repentance is that we have these wonderful fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so you might ask yourself, where are the fruits in my life, right? It's, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, sometimes we, we can, and this, is, this can happen, especially we can get stuck. You, you mentioned earlier about getting stuck at the admitting stage where we're worry and shame. And sometimes that happens when our sole focus is on the sin itself. And it's interesting that, that Jesus never, I mean, once, once someone's admitted and been aware and admitted, he never then focuses on the sin itself, but mm. always towards that next step, towards the ad, prompting people to ask for mercy and then for acting in a virtuous way. Go and sin no more, right? <laughs> and right. in terms of that, in terms of that sense, so it does call us to action. But but anytime we find ourselves 
focusing on the sin as if that's the object of our contemplation or the object of our desire and tension, that's where that's what the devil wants to do. He wants us to be so focused on the sin and our failure, our self-failure, that we get stuck there. And so another question you might ask, picking up on what you're talking about, John the Baptist and the, the kind of the fruits that befit repentance are, to ask yourself, okay, I've, I'm aware of, of, my, of my either bad behavior or my or this kind of um, uh, these thoughts that are not helpful. I've admitted where I've sinned, but now ask myself, how does God want to bear fruit in my life? In other words, mm. to move from focusing on the sin once we are aware of it and admit it, to saying, okay, Lord, I need your mercy to do what? Well, this is what David says. He says, he says do what? Create a pure heart for me, O God. <laughs> Renew a steadfast spirit within me. So at that point, he's, he's turned from... He, the, 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 the adultery and the murder, right? He's confessed that. But now he's turned to give me the joy of your presence. Put right. a steadfast spirit in me. Give me the right. peace of mind and heart. In other words, so now he's focused on bearing fruit, not on where he's failed. Um, and so I think that there's, there's a way in which the whole purpose of goal isn't for God to kind of judge. Sometimes we talk about judgment and we think the purpose of God's judgment is to kind of beat us over the head <laughs> as if that was kind of the whole goal. No, that's just the first step. Those are just the awareness and admitting are just the first two steps. The goal, the purpose is that we act in the fullness of the, the spirit, act with that sense of bearing fruit. And so our ultimate gaze is not on our sinfulness, but on the strength of God's mercy and ultimately the fruit that we'll bear, uh, which is why David kind of has that sense of uh, that he kind of puts out that plan of where he says that I will treat, teach transgressors your ways, that, right. that other sinners might return to you. So his whole purpose is that he might be an instrument of God's mercy himself, receiving God's mercy, that he might be an instrument of mercy. That's what bearing fruit looks like. Right. And uh, that's a great lead in, Father, for another invitation to our listeners that Teach transgressors our ways, right? Uh, so if you have a way of teaching and sharing your story of repentance and uh, can help the rest of us in our journey of repentance, please give us a call, 888-914-9149. Let's uh, take another phone call, Father. We've got Janet, who's calling in from Fort Myers, Florida. Janet, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. I just wanted to... Um, uh, bring up the fact that I've experienced the same thing that a previous caller said about uh, confessing the same sin that you've been in confessing out of uh, the past because of shame and guilt. And I went to a priest and told him I keep confessing this because of my feelings. And when he gave me absolution, he said, now you are forgiven. The devil will try to keep bringing it back up and you have to just Claim your forgiveness and move on. And that was yep. so helpful. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> and have you, have you, I, what would, what, how would you say, does that, has that been, um, have you been able to kind of uh, let go of that, that emotional kind of regret? Totally. Because I remember what the priest said, it's the devil trying to bring it back to you. Yes. Jesus is, has forgiven me. Yes. So yes, oh, that, it that's, was very that's helpful. Beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> no, thank you, Jan. Because I, one of the, in fact, I, I often share with people one of my favorite, very favorite scriptures from the uh, from the Old Testament is when Isaiah says, uh, prophesying for the Lord, a promise. He says, "When you confess your sins to me, this is the, God talking to His people." He says, 
I will remember them no more. (laughs) And what that always says to me is when I come before the throne of God and as a religious or the Dominican and a priest, and I say, oh boy, Lord, I've got a lot (laughs) to answer for. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I've confessed those sins in the sacrament, that he's going to turn to me and say, what are you talking about? (laughs) In other words, God who knows everything uses that language to say, I remember them no more. There's a kind of divine forgetfulness, (laughs) poetically, that the Lord says when it comes to confessed sins. And so I think to myself, gosh, if the Lord has forgotten them, who am I to hold on to them? Excellent point, Father. And uh, yeah, Janet, I think you bring up you bring up a great point in that uh, oftentimes we do need exactly that counsel, saying that uh, even in the midst of our repentance, the devil would seek to sidetrack us, right? I mean, and of course he would, because now we're turning towards the Lord, and uh, we need to keep that in perspective as well, and to claim the forgiveness that Christ has given on the cross. One of the great reasons, uh, just as a as an aside, one of the great reasons why I think it's so helpful to meditate on a crucifix and realize there there is our Lord suffering and dying so that we might receive, we might have this grace and repentance open to us. And uh, that's uh, something that, that we can just continue to grow in, I think, throughout our, our, our lives. So, Janet, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you, uh, you sharing that as well. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's go into another break here, Father. I think we've got uh, we're we've got a few callers probably coming in here. Our our number again. If you'd like to join the conversation, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. We do have some lines open. Give us a call, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. As we're talking about repentance with Father Michael Hurley, OP from Pacifica, California. We are so grateful that he is with us, and we're grateful that you are with us. We will be back with you right after this. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond this week. My thanks to our producer, Jim Shaper, and Nick Sentovich is taking your phone calls today. Thank you to them, and thank you to our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, OP, the pastor of St. Dominic's Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, which he has been since 2013, as we are talking about repentance, repentance, turning away from sin, turning away from evil, and turning towards Jesus. And uh, Father, you know, as, as we're talking about repentance and its, um, and its importance, uh, it starts to roll around in my mind um, that there may be some Catholics, and uh, certainly if we look more wider in, within our society, I guess is what I'm trying to get out of my mouth, um, we, we see people who don't necessarily recognize the importance of repentance, or perhaps even in the Catholic Church, there's kind of a, well, I know that the Lord is merciful, therefore repentance doesn't really need to play that big of a role in my life. What would you say to that sort of attitude? There's, there's, I mean, we were talking earlier about getting stuck 
uh, when it comes to asking for God's mercy and, and kind of despairing of God's mercy. There's certainly a way in which at the end of the day, <laughs> the devil doesn't care how we fail, just that we kind of give up, right? So there's a kind of despair. But, and I think, especially for those just who are really struggling and striving, that can often be uh, the biggest hurdle. But as you mentioned, especially in wider culture, I, I think there's a, a, a just as pernicious uh, way the devil is able to infiltrate our hearts and minds, and that's through presumption, the kind of idea that, you know, God, God loves us all. He's merciful, and those are true statements, absolutely. But if, if it doesn't uh, require us to do anything on our part <laughs> at all, just presumes that God is going to change our hearts no matter what we do, um, that can be just as soul-killing as despair in that way. And so there's really, when we talk about repentance, it's undergird, particularly by that virtue of hope, <laughs> the hope that lets us know that we do have a sense of a future. We, we should never despair. But a hope is always about a difficult thing, a thing that we, uh, we don't have control over, something that's not within our, our purview. Um, you know, St. Augustine has a great quote. He says, God promises mercy for repentance, but he doesn't promise tomorrow for our procrastination or our hmm. presumption, <laughs> right? Huh. And so there's, there's, a way, there's a way in which we need to recognize that we're going down the wrong way and that God won't, won't turn us around unless we're part and cooperate with him. Um, and so we can, we can actually go through the, the, we can actually be aware, we could admit, we can ask, but if we don't think we need to act, if this is not going to make any real behavioral difference in our lives, we can easily fall into a kind of presumption that just assumes that God is God. And, and frankly, everyone is just headed, you know, to the pearly gates without any sense of, of, of repentance yeah. or change in our behavior. And, and Jesus warns us about this very clearly when, when the disciples ask him the question, Lord, we'll all be saved. <laughs> he does not say yes. <laughs> that mm. should give us pause. <laughs> if he were ever going to say yes to that, <laughs> that would have been the moment, a direct question. And the implication is maybe not. <laughs> he says, strive. Mm. He says, your goal is to strive to enter through the narrow gate. And so especially, yeah. I think, for those who who perhaps um, are connected to our Catholic faith, maybe by kind of going through the motions or thinking that we can be connected sacramentally to the church without being connected to the faith life and to the truth and morals of actually living the faith, um, as we all know politicians, uh, some politicians these days, um, that, that's, that really is the devastating sin of presumption uh, that's, that's there that simply says, God is God and I can just kind of carve out whatever I want <laughs> within that kind of sphere uh, and, and be blind to that sense of that real need for the action of repentance. Hmm. Hmm. A great reminder and well put. I like the way you, you talk about presumption being just as soul-killing as uh, as that despair that we, we kind of led into that by talking about. So wonderful, wonderful words, Father. Thank you for that. I, I Maybe this is just getting a little too technical, but um, I think it might be in the minds and hearts of, uh, of some of our listeners as we're as we're wrestling with this um, and how to proceed through these steps that you have laid out of repentance. And again, if you missed them earlier, so um, it's, it's an awareness, being aware of how, uh, how we're, we're in a bad behavior or how good, maybe it's even an awareness, maybe more so, a, a, an awareness of how good the Lord is and how he has something more, something better for us. Admitting yeah. it, asking for God's grace, 
and then acting uh, on that grace and, and bearing fruit that befits repentance. Um, as we're there, Father, I think one of the things that might get people tripped up is uh, they know that they've done wrong. They want to repent. They may even admit it. But in terms of something that might keep them from the confessional might be, you know what, though? I don't know how sorry I really am. How mm. sorry am I? I mean, do I really have a sense of contrition here? And uh, mm. knowing that that's one of the requirements of, of going to the confessional is, and, and, it's, and it's really, I, I shouldn't say sense. I would imagine it's more of a feeling. I don't have the feeling of contrition. Mm. What would you advise in yeah. that sort of circumstance? Yeah, no, I think, uh, once again, just like the feelings the other way where we can't let it go, I, right. I often just advise not to get too caught up on how we feel about it. <laughs> In other words, if someone says, I'm, I don't really, I, and I've had people do this where they say, I, I'm confessing this because I know the Catholic Church teaches this truth, but I really deep down, and you can tell, don't really believe it, but I'm just, I want, I want, you know, eternal fire insurance here. <laughs> I'm just mentioning mm, mm. it because yeah. I know intellectually this is, you know, bad behavior and, and the church defines this as grave matter, but, but I, I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really know. And I said, well, and so I always just say, God will take just like the prodigal son, mm-hmm. even before the prodigal son begins to admit his mistake, the Lord's always searching after us. So we, we I, I say just, just in a sense, even the um, it takes the, even the smallest little action toward the Lord. The Lord is already eagerly pulling us forward. So, so to not get too con- too hung up on if we don't feel sorry enough, but once again to ask ourselves, what would it take to take that one little step towards better behavior, towards towards recognizing? I, I think you put that well. Not just awareness that we've missed the mark or done something. Um, wrong, but that God has more for us. <laughs> this mm-hmm. behavior that the church says is wrong, and that deep down you're not proud of, but you don't think is that big of a deal. You know that God has more for you. <laughs> Do you want more? <laughs> right. You know why? Why so? Why, why sell yourself short on, on, the, on the kind of the strength the Lord and the the fruit the Lord can produce in your life? Uh, and so that was well put. I think there's there's that, that it's not just about once again when we get too focused and 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 don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. Sin is to anybody we've taken for granted. We need to confess our sin. We need to truly <laughs> know what we've done is wrong. But if we get too caught up in focusing on the sin itself, right, then we can either feel too badly about it emotionally, or we can feel like, oh, we're not feeling it emo- badly enough about it. But the, the problem is the same. We're focused on the sin <laughs> and not mm-hmm. on the mercy God has for us and the fruit he wants to bear, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Wow. Well, great advice from our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, OP, as we're talking about repentance here today on The Inner Life. Still time for maybe one more call. So give us a call at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Let me ask quick, Father, too. I wanted to get this question in as well about what about something in my life that I know that I need to change? I I, I know that I need that, um, but I don't I don't seem to, well, you know, clearly I, there's, there's something about it that I, I don't want to give up. You know, I, I don't yeah. really have that full desire to want to change. I know I need to <laughs> repent of this, but it feels so good or, you know, it, it yeah. makes me feel so good. Um, any advice as to how, how do I cultivate that desire to change? 
Well, yeah. It, it, first of all, I think the thing is just to uh, be aware that we're in good company. <laughs> St. Augustine, of course, famously says, Lord, give me purity of mind and heart, give me chastity, but just not yet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> as, 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 as it's reflecting on it. So, so in other words, to admit, even, even, even the awareness <laughs> that you're not all the way there <laughs> is, puts us in good company. So in other words, to not get too, I, once again, I'll just, I've said this before, but just don't get too hung up on focusing strictly on the sin itself. We, right. we admit it, we do it, uh, but then we're, we're always going to push forward towards the, the way God has more for us and, and how his mercy produces abundance of, of fruit. But we will say that that, that that sense of like, okay, I don't want it to, you've got it. I would say I, three things that just, and this goes for any kind of spiritual kind of thing, but first of all, we just have to be praying about it. We just have to say, Lord, give me that, you know, give me the desire, right? I'm not going to get the desire on my own, or at least help me to act in that way. And then, right. To ask yourself, what's one practical? So you got our spiritual life is nothing that's practical. What's one practical thing we can do to help us? If especially if it's a particular sin that has a perhaps an addictive quality to it, or a kind of inclination towards again and again. What's one thing I can do to avoid the near occasion of that? Right, put myself right. in a position where I don't have to be heroic in order to be good. <laughs> that's good. And and then and then uh, seek uh, a sense of support. You know, for any kind of, any one of the deadly sins, um, it won't surprise any of our listeners to know that as uh, hearing a confession, you hear all of them and, and a few other creative ones that you, you wouldn't even thought of yourself, right? We're all creatures of, of Abbott in terms of how we, we fail, but that we need support from one another. So to get support, accountability, a sense of um, a sense of uh, others helping us to strive, and this is where the communion of faith and our and just our friends, our, our family, those our associates, people who we have and can share the spiritual life with, can help us be a people of virtue in every way. So, uh, a sense of prayer, turning to the Lord, a sense of taking practical steps, and then surround ourselves with a support system as 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 we are able, depending on what the particular uh, struggle that we're having is. Right, right. Well, for what I'm what I'm hearing from you, Father, it's uh, it's it's something that we do. We we look to the grace of Lord, the Lord. Of course, we always keep our eyes and our focus on Him, but we also yep. enlist the help of some some good Catholic brothers and sisters in Christ, and and uh, we really see the uh, body of Christ working together for the good of me and the good of all. So that's a it's a wonderful way of doing it. Got just about a minute here before we need a blessing from you, Father. But I'm wondering if you can go through those four steps once again. Just lay them out for us. Absolutely. So it's been a, been a pleasure, joy to be with you, to Patrick and all of our listeners. If we want repentance, repentance is that essential to salvation. It's not the fullness of salvation, but it, it's essential. It doesn't happen without it. It's Jesus's primary call in the gospel to call us to repentance for salvation, to change our minds and hearts. And we do this through awareness, a sense of admitting it, asking God for mercy, and acting. And maybe to turn that around to see them as God's motion in our heart, it's that God makes us aware, that God mm-hmm. helps us to admit that God loves to be asked, so let's ask. And finally, God acting through us and in us to bear good fruit. Repentance, that first stage of the fullness of the Spirit and His fruit in our lives. All right, wonderful, Father. May we have a quick blessing from you then, please. And so my Almighty God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn toward you and give you His peace. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Michael Hurley, OP from California. It's been a privilege and a pleasure uh, having this hour with you here today on The Inner Life. 
Coming up next, of course, is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Father Rocky is with us from the Chapel of the Nativity in Green Bay, Wisconsin. My name is Patrick Conley. It's been great to be with you. Looking forward again, God willing, to be with you, being with you tomorrow. God bless and take care.